Lord Jesus, as you are our good shepherd who has laid down your life for us, and you are risen and you lead us. So send your Holy Spirit now to work again through your word, that you would, that you would bury your truth of your goodness, your love, your crucifixion, your resurrection, your presence with us. Dig those truths deeper and deeper into our hearts today, that the fruit of it might show forth in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot of talk about living your best life, right? Books, podcasts, shows, uh, a lot of experts saying, oh, just follow my three steps and, and you'll, you'll have it. You, you'll really be alive. You, you'll be living your, your true self, your best self. You, you'll finally find your, your true meaning, your, your true purpose. You, you, you can probably think of names or books or people or faces that talk. It's in some ways ev everywhere. And uh, there's a few things I wonder when I hear those is maybe it's just cynical, Ryan. Uh, but one of those is, did you ask people 500 years ago about uh, living their best self and uh, what would their answer be then? And is it the same answer as, as we would give now? Or did you ask people uh, that, live, uh, that lived in India, you know, 500 or 300 years ago, and do they have this, is the same answer of uh, what does it mean, to, what is the meaning of life, what is the purpose of life, what does it mean to, to live your best life, is it the same? Because now I'm getting suspicious. If it's not, then is it just, you know, something uh, locally different and, and it doesn't really matter? So another question I wonder then is, I change my mind every five minutes about stuff, right? How many times do you look at a menu and go, what do I really want tonight? And I'm afraid so many things in our hearts that we want and desire are a moving target, aren't they? But however, how many times have I heard when people have offered in one way to say, oh, you know, the purpose of your life is to really be truly alive and to live. And Jesus does promise to give life abundantly. So I'm interested in that as a Christian. But what is usually uh, to skip, you know, other people in history to the answer we're often given today, it's what? The answer of living your best life, finding your purpose is usually some version of this. Look inside. Find out who you really are, who is your true self, who is true, distilled, pure Ryan, and then uh, go live that out. And if anybody uh, disagrees, they're wrong, not you, and just, you know, kind of keep going, right? It's look inside, find out, discover who your truest self is, and then just go uh, and go do that. And that sounds probably pretty familiar, right? And maybe it's even advice we, we've offered people at times, but I keep getting stuck at this, is what my heart wants is a moving target. And it moves. And Sunday might be one thing, and Monday might be another thing, and, and Tuesday might be... And even more than that, I can convince myself of a lot of things, right? I, I, how many of you can convince you, convince yourselves of the car you just saw on the commercial is the next best thing that you need to have, right? Or uh, the neighborhood you drove through that, that, oh, man, that's where I'm really supposed, my true self is living in this neighborhood, not where, where I live. How many times can I convince myself of things that, that might not even be good for me? Are you willing to consider, and this uh, is, I would say, Jesus ask and Jesus offer, are you willing to consider that you and I 
To live your best life, whatever that means, and define your true self does not involve looking inside, but looking outside. Are you willing to consider that whatever uh, purpose, meaning, deepest, best life you might find is not in Ryan looking in and thinking and pondering all day uh, who I am, what, what, I, what I really need, because for me that's moving target and it's probably a bunch of dead ends. It's actually looking outside of me and looking at Jesus because he is the one that invites us and says, follow me. So if I'm following Jesus, I'm no longer the center of my own world. I'm actually with him. And so uh, Christians talk a lot, and even Lutherans, about things, terms like uh, the external word. And by that I mean uh, our, our, what we can truly hope and trust in isn't something I look in the mirror or look for in me. It's I cling to, to Jesus because he's the one who died in my place, in your place. He's the one that rose. He's the one that is going to call us from our grave to eternal life. It's him. True life is found in following him. So I fully believe for you and me, your, your best self, your best purpose, your best life you'll ever find or have it isn't by uh, looking inward but looking outward, looking to Jesus and trusting him and following him no matter what. That's the story we're going to look at today. It's in John 21. Last week, we looked at the first part, the miraculous catch of fish that Jesus gives his disciples. And today, it's continued. So he cooks some of that, uh, and they eat, and then Jesus has these conversations, first with Peter. And then uh, there's, there's a whole lot more going on in that story. So let's get into it. So first, Jesus approaches Peter because, let's just say, it's awkward. What's the last thing Peter did before Jesus died? He disowned him. Jesus prophesied it, and Peter's like, no, 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 I'll die with it. and then he does. And so then Jesus is, is uh, crucified and, and then risen, and they're short interactions, so they've really never cleared the air. And so Peter's probably, if Peter looked inside in that moment to find, who am I, what's my best life, all he saw was guilt and condemnation and despair, potentially. And here's what Jesus does. It starts at verse 21, 15. Jesus goes to Peter, finds him one-on-one, and asks him, not once, not twice, but three times, Peter, do you love me? How many times did Peter disown Jesus? Three. For every one, most people think he's allowing him to, to confess his faith in Jesus for every time he disowned him. You know that I love you. And he's frustrated by the third time. Like, why are you asking me again? You, you know all things. And then Jesus says, uh, skipping to verse 18. Truly I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself, walk wherever you wanted, but now you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress and carry you where you do not want to go. Translation, following me will not always be easy. It says this, he said, to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. So Jesus finds Peter, forgives him, doesn't banish him from the group, doesn't banish him and say, you failed me for the last time. He forgives him. And 
You see in the book of Acts, he becomes one of the key top leaders of the church. He forgives him and, in a sense, commissions him, follow me. Okay, then the next section. Their conversation continues. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. Most people think that's John. Following them. The one who had been reclining at table close to him, who said, Lord, who is it to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said, if it's my will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Do you see what's happening? John is seen as more on the, uh, even closer to Jesus than Peter. Jesus asks John to take care of his mother, Mary. And uh, even within the inner circle three, there's some competition going on, right? What is, what is Peter? He's comparing his life to John's life. He's comparing his following of Jesus to John's, right? Jesus just said, you're going to follow me to places that are going to be hard. And he says, well, what about him? Fill in some blanks. Seems like he's had it better than me. Seems like he's had it easier than me. Are you and I any different than Peter and John? How many times have we looked at Jesus uh, and said, uh, yes, I'll follow you, but why, why do they have it easier? Or why do they seem to have a better life? Or why, do things come e- why does everything seem to come easier to them? That doesn't seem fair. Are you going to be, f- Jesus, are you going to be fair to me? I mean, John seems to have it all. Are you going to... And what happens when we compare? What is the saying? Comparison is the thief of joy. Right? Comparing does what? It makes us envious of other people. And truthfully, you don't know what their life is. You just know what you think their life is. And have you ever thought some of the people that you might be thinking, oh, God, that's not fair. Why isn't my life more like them? They might be looking at you thinking the same thing. Oh, their life looks better than mine. Why isn't Ever thought about that? Comparison. Well, John, unfortunately, or fortunately, the way he writes his gospel, he does a lot of this. And so some people have called it, uh, you know, Holy Spirit-inspired comparison or maybe inspired competition. And if you uh, look through John, and just in the, since Thursday night, since the Last Supper, there's actually five instances where John has kind of one-upped Peter. And this is the fifth one. So it's kind of been boiling to like Peter saying, this isn't fair, God. Why does he get it better than I do? So uh, if you uh, look back and look, and you can probably think through some of these. But first, and the way John writes his gospel, when they're uh, at the Last Supper celebrating Passover, it says that you know, John is the one who is closer to Jesus. He recl- just now he mentioned it again. He reclined on him. So he's closer to Jesus at the Lord's Supper. Uh, and then when Jesus is on trial, John's somehow got his way into uh, you know, the, the courthouse, Pilate's house. So John's closer to Jesus then, and then you know, you know what Peter does. That's the second thing. Uh, and then when Jesus is risen, you know, John talks about the foot race that Peter and John have, and, and John gets to the tomb first. Peter goes in, but then it says, John went in and he believed. And then, uh, oh yeah, then last week we, we looked at, 
it's actually John that says, when Jesus gives the miraculous catch of fish, John says, it's the Lord. He's the first to recognize who Jesus really is. So you got these four. So you can imagine Peter kind of boiling or, you know, starting to boil a little bit. And then now, here, I went past it, so I'll go back and point it out. It's verse 21. So Jesus looked at Peter and said, follow me. That's the theme here. Peter turned and saw the other disciple whom Jesus loved, John, following them. So that's very much on purpose. The one who reclining at table, yeah, yeah, okay. Jesus says, follow me. So Jesus is reinstating Peter. He's forgiving. He's, re- he's commissioning. He's saying, yes, I, you're still mine. But it means there was a break in the relationship, and he's restoring and bringing him back. And so that it says, then, when Peter turned and saw John already following Jesus. Do you, got, do you get this? So Peter's kind of coming back in, and he turns and sees John's already, oh, man, like, great on him, right? John's already following him. And so then what does Peter say? Well, what about him? And what is Jesus' response? Verse 22. If it's my will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. I wonder if uh, Jesus might say some version of that to each of us today, right? Whatever you think about other people and comparing and say, Jesus, it's not fair. Why, is my, why, why have you called me to some of these hard things? Or why do I live in the time and place that, that I do? Or, or why do I have this struggle or this difficulty? Or why does my family wrestle with this? And you know, I'll, I can think of friends and family and coworkers that just everything seems to... Jesus says, you follow me. How I lead other people, what's that to you? You follow me. Trust, trust that I am your good shepherd too, even as I want to be other people's good shepherd too. If I were to summarize this story in, into a, a sentence, I would probably say this. When you're tempted to compare, follow Jesus everywhere. When you're tempted to compare... Follow Jesus everywhere. And since I was going to talk about it this week, I started to think of how many times I'd compare myself to other things, other people. And, and wow, I was surprised, right? And then so it gave me lots of opportunity to repent of my own uh, sin in comparison. But then I could go back and look at the cross of Jesus and say, he, for God so loved the world that he, gave his only son for for me. And Jesus wants to be my good shepherd and and your good shepherd. And he's reaching out his hand to Peter and John. And remember, those hands have holes in them that have been healed. And his feet that he's inviting you to follow behind his feet, those feet have holes in them that that are healed. That is, Jesus was crucified for you and, and risen. He has He has healed scars to show you not just what he suffered for you, but the depth of his love and the power of of his victory for you. That is your Savior who is leading you. 
So when Jesus looks at Peter and says, don't worry about him, you follow me. He's saying, do you trust that I am good? Do you trust that I am good to you? And you hear, we heard Paul and Acts talking about all the suffering he went through. And, and Peter, Jesus said, the things you're going to go through. And so many times we could say, oh man, if I have to go through something hard, Jesus, you're no longer good. That's not true. When tempted to compare, follow Jesus every way. I believe that actually is, is our best life is to look at Jesus and say, only you laid your life down for me. Only you have called me. Only you have put your name on me. And only your blood forgives me. And yes, you are the good shepherd leading me. And looking at me like he looks at Peter and says, you follow me. When you're tempted to compare, trust Jesus everywhere. And when you trust Jesus, you get led to the cross again and again and again each and every day. And then he leads you from there to wherever he takes you. Say it with me now. When you're tempted to compare, follow Jesus. Will you pray with me?